podcast where we try to help you be helpful to other people. My name is Dr. Kate Watson and I'm flying solo today, which I normally dislike. (laughs) Most of the time, I much prefer having a guest with whom I can chat. But today I'm feeling reflective and I think since I'm in that kind of mood, it's a good day for me to record on my own. I'm, I'm kind of wrestling with some ideas related to conflict and how we manage conflict. And I might just share some of those ideas with you today. They are merely, uh, I don't know, what do you want to call them? Musings, maybe, <laughs> rather than uh, solutions or advice, that's for sure. But I thought I'd start by saying one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is that by and large, we learn how to handle conflict from our parents or our family members or our our caregivers growing up. We learned this in our households growing up. And, And I guess that may not be true for every person on earth, but by and large, it's true for most of us. And it's tough because we all develop some family cultural norms that are so normal for us that we don't even think about them. It's just like breathing air. Like you, you, you don't even know you're doing it. It just feels so normal. You just do it without much thought at all. We're so unaware that we may not even realize the times that we are imposing those family cultural norms on others who we think don't meet the standards of the households we grew up in. And while they don't meet the standards because they grew up in different households with different norms and different rules for how to handle stress and conflict. And this became apparent in my own relationship. Um, You know, like anybody, we encounter times of stress or conflict. And it just seemed like for a while we were not on the same page and it was it was really frustrating for two people who, who certainly do care about each other a great deal. And even though we wanted to help each other through tough times, I think for a while we were not doing a very good job of it. And it may have been because we both came to those times of stress and conflict with our own expectations of how they ought to go. And those expectations come from our upbringings. And we don't even realize it because what we do in times of stress and conflict just seems so perfectly normal that we assume surely everybody knows that this is how you're supposed to act. So let me give you an example. I grew up in a house where if someone was struggling or having a bad day or stressed out or anxious, the rest of us would accommodate them in some way. There might even be a warning like, so-and-so had a hard day, so let's not make a mess in the kitchen today, okay? We would either get out of the way of that person or be very quiet and sort of tiptoeing around 
or, you know, do a chore that would help the other person not have to do it. You know, maybe it's like, well, let me get these dishes done so the person who had a hard day doesn't have to do the dishes. And we certainly wouldn't ask much of anything of that person who was struggling. They would kind of be treated with kid gloves. And like I said, sort of we would tiptoe around them. One of the things that I remember so often is that we would try and, and dial down the whole situation to restore calm or peace. And I can't promise you we ever actually resolved anyone's stress or anxiety or conflict, but we were good at making things feel peaceful again at whatever cost, even if that meant we had to sacrifice our own needs to restore peace. At the risk of sounding kind of dramatic, we were somewhat sacrificial in my family. (laughs) And one of the things that was never explicitly said but just kind of understood in my family is that only one person could be upset at a time, right? So only one person could be the one in need receiving everyone else's care and accommodation that there's one spot for that, right? And if you're taking that spot, no one else can take that spot. So if you come home and you find out that your sibling had a horrible day Well, don't say anything about your horrible day. Someone else beat you to that punch, right? They get to be the one in need today. Maybe you'll get a turn another day. And and that concept of of dialing things down feels really relevant to me. And I I think that's how we showed each other love in my family. Love was calming things down. Love was making things peaceful. Love was not rocking the boat. Love was this kind of homeostasis. And it's not like we talked about these things. It's just how it was. I honestly didn't even know that's how things were until I grew up and saw that things were different for other people. I thought this was just perfectly normal and I wouldn't have even been able to put it in those terms back then. It's just how life was. And I grew up thinking everybody's family was like mine. And by the way, it's normal to think that your family is like everybody else's family until you get out into the world and you meet people who are very different. So I wasn't strange or naive for thinking everybody was like us. How how would I possibly know otherwise? So for the majority of my life, I learned that calm is good, anxious is bad, and put other people's needs above your own. Okay, well, fast forward many years. Now I'm in a relationship with someone who has his emotional ups and downs. And I thought, okay, no problem. I know what to do for someone who's up and down a lot or has some feelings of anxiety from time to time. I spent my life in training for this. I knew my job was to bring him peace and calm and keep him steady and even keeled to the best of my ability. That's what I was always taught. That's what my family always did. That's how we showed love. And I would do this for him. I would set aside my own stressful day or my own tough times because maybe he needed to be the one who was taken care of. And through my upbringing, I also knew that the rule state Only one person can be in need at a time. So if he's upset, I can't be upset. Those are the rules. Well, okay, so every once in a while, I have a bad day. And maybe I try and take my turn. 
So I'll tell him about it. And so I let him know I'm, I'm stressed out about something. I'm worried about something. I'm having a problem. And I expect him to do for me what I do for him. I expect him to be this solid rock. I expect him to become peaceful and create homeostasis and dial everything down and keep it relaxed. And instead, I would notice that he would get kind of agitated. Sometimes it was almost like I could see his heart racing. He would speak quickly and move around a lot. And it was clear that he was upset. He was activated. (sighs) And I'm so well-trained to calm other people down who are activated. So that's what I would do. I would calm him down. Sometimes I didn't even realize I was doing it because it's such an automatic response. I knew I loved him and that's how I learned to show love. But very often I would realize after maybe an hour, like, hey, I didn't get to be the one who was taken care of. I had a bad day and I ended up taking care of him. And I wondered, why can't I have a turn? Eventually, I had to understand that he's really not being an asshole. (laughs) He just doesn't know the same rules to the game that I know. How is he supposed to know that two people can't be upset at the same time? Those were the rules in my family, but it's a totally artificial rule and one that doesn't even make any sense. So how is he supposed to know that rule, let alone adhere to that rule? How is he supposed to know that this peace and homeostasis is the goal? We're kind of playing the same game with entirely different sets of instructions. He learned how to love people very differently than I learned how to love people. And I can't be mad that he doesn't know my rules to the game when he hasn't read them. In his rule book, you meet stress with more stress. You meet anger with more anger. You meet yelling with more yelling. And he's used to things kind of spiraling out of control. And as horrible as that sounds to me, that's normal for him. That's home. That's his cultural norm. That's his rule book. In his family norms, everybody shares whatever's on their minds. And there's no self-restraint. They don't hold back or bite their tongues or just keep it to themselves. In my family, silencing yourself was considered this noble act of of self-sacrifice that you're expected to do for the family. You know, good kids don't say what's on their minds. And in his family, there are no secrets. His rules are just blow up and show all your cards and get hurt. And my rules are more sacrifice yourself completely and end up resentful. And look, whether you're talking about his rule book or mine, you got to realize when it's all you know, you assume everyone else knows too. But in reality, you have to share those rules with people. Sometimes his behavior is baffling to me, but that doesn't make it wrong. It's just really different from how I was raised. And everybody, including me, tends to think that their rules are the right rules. So I would start trying to teach him my rules, thinking they were clearly better than his. But that's not how this is done. You don't just demand that your partner adopt your own rules. As messed up as his rule book is, it's not like mine is perfect either. 
So we had to talk about it one day and we said, you know, the reality is we do get to write our own rules if we want to. We're not stuck with either of these rule books that are kind of dysfunctional and and not serving us well. (sighs) Look, I really doubt that there's a perfect rule book out there. I think my message is that you and your loved ones are not stuck with the rule books that you inherited. Just because something is normal for you doesn't make it good. And just because something is foreign to you doesn't make it bad. Everyone is operating with a set of rules that they inherited until they make the conscious decision to rewrite the instructions to life and to love and to stress and to conflict. But if your go-to move is to tell other people that they ought to be more like you, well, I would reconsider Are all of your rules really serving you well? Give it some thought. I encourage you to analyze all of those expectations that you hold. And when you think to yourself, I wish my partner would be more like this or that, or I wish he'd act more like this or that, ask yourself where you learned those expectations. So for example, if you wish your partner were more assertive, Where did you learn that people should be that way? If you wish your partner were more gentle and understanding, where did you learn that people should be that way? If you wish your partner was more honest or less honest or whatever the case may be, just take a look back and ask yourself, why are those my expectations? And am I comfortable keeping those expectations? Is there anything about my expectations that deserves a little adjustment for the sake of my happiness, my relationship, and the happiness of people around me? That's it for today, folks. And I, I want to, again, wish you a happy holiday season. I know that we're, we're in those November, December holidays right now, and times can be hectic. We have a lot of um, uh, social gatherings, sometimes with folks we haven't seen in a long time. And those are really interesting and important opportunities to reflect on how we connect with one another. I encourage you to do so. Thanks so much and take care. Since that day I live in a